Do I look relaxed today? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You noticed that, right? You know why? Because I don't have to preach today. Uh, we have a guest speaker, uh, one and only intern pastor. Eugene, he's going to come up and he's going to share the message today. So let's welcome Eugene. Yeah, my name is spelled wrong. And Janet, you lifted up a prayer for the wrong pastor speaking today. But that's, but that's okay. Started off, you know, I'm wearing a jacket because I'm really nervous. I start out nervous all the time, but as I go, I, I get more confidence and I become more calm. But the reason I wear a jacket is because if I came up here with my shirt, you'd see the pit stains. <laughs> so, yeah, the title of the sermon is called Jephthah's Faithless Vow, and it's based on a paper that I wrote for my class, and I made it into a sermon. But before I do that, I have to read the whole passage to you guys. So. Bear with me for a little bit. I'm going to read the passage out loud, and then I'll get into my message. Okay, Judges 11. Now Jephthah the Gileadite, the son of a prostitute, was a mighty warrior. Gilead was the father of Jephthah. Gilead's wife also bore him sons. And when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah away, saying to him, You shall not inherit anything in our father's house for you are the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. Outlaws collected around Jephthah and went raiding with him. After a time, the Ammonites made war against Israel. And when the Ammonites made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to bring Jephthah from the land of Tob. They said to Jephthah, Come and be our commander, so that we may fight with the Ammonites. But Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, Are you not the very ones who rejected me and drove me out of my father's house? So why do you come to me now when you are in trouble? The elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, Nevertheless, we have now turned back to you so that you may go with us and fight with the Ammonites and become head over us, over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, If you bring me home again to fight with the Ammonites and the Lord gives them over to me, I will be your head. And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, Then the Lord will be witness between us. We will surely do as you say. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and commander over them. And Jephthah spoke all his words before the Lord at Mizpah. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he passed through Gilead and Manasseh. And he passed on to Mizpah of Gilead, and from Mizpah of Gilead he passed on to the Ammonites. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will give the Ammonites into my hand, then whoever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return victor victorious from the Ammonites, shall be the Lord's to be offered up by me as a burnt offering. So Jephthah crossed over to the Ammonites to fight against them, and the Lord gave them into his hand. He inflicted a massive defeat on them from Aor to the neighborhood of Mineth, 20 towns as far as Abel Karamin, so the Ammonites were subdued before the people of Israel. Then Jephthah came to his home at Mizpah, and there was his daughter coming out to meet him with his trembles and with dancing. She was his only child. He had no son or daughter except her. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low. You have, brought, you have become the cause of great trouble to me, for I have opened my mouth to the Lord, and I cannot take back my vow. She said to him, My father, if you have opened your mouth to the Lord, do to me according to what has gone out of your mouth, now that the Lord has given you vengeance against your enemies, the Ammonites. And she said to her father, Let this thing be done for me. Grant me two months, so that I may go and wander on the mountains and bewail my virginity, my companions and I. Go, he said, and send her away for two months. 
So she departed, she and her companions, and bewailed the virginity on the mountains. At the end of two months, she returned to her father, who did with her according to the vow he had made. She had never slept with a man. So there arose an Israelite custom that for four days every year, the daughters of Israel would go out to lament the daughter of Jephthah the Gileadite. Wow, right? You guys hear this story. This, this dude sacrifices his daughter to be his burnt offering. You know, you guys read this story and you guys might be appalled, right? Be like, what the heck is going on? Why is this story even in the Bible? Well, when I first read this story, I think maybe like three, four years ago in my Bible class, I was actually incredibly angry at Jephthah and even more angry at God. I was angry at God for allowing that to even happen, allowing Jephthah's daughter to be offered up as a burnt offering. I thought, why would God, do, why would God allow something like that? He didn't allow Abraham to offer Isaac up as a burnt offering, but why would he let Jephthah's daughter be um, offered up as a burnt offering? Well, this story is in the Bible because it's actually a warning. It was a warning to the Israelites what the Canaanite influence can do to them and their perception of God. They had allowed the Canaanites to remain in the land. They didn't exterminate all the Canaanites like um, God had commanded them to do. And the Canaanite people around them started to influence how they perceived God. Their, their, um, their religion started to seep into the religion of the Israelites. And is really um, messing up their perception of God and their view of who God is. So this story is also two, two pictures of faith. The picture of Jephthah's faith and the picture of his daughter's faith. And this story is to really compare the two faiths. One of the judge, judge of Israel, Jephthah, and that of his nameless daughter, his virgin nameless daughter. So I want to propose to you that Jephthah is actually faithless. And his vow was made because he didn't actually know who God was. So the first one is, don't, I have two main points. This is, don't have faith like Jephthah. The first point is, don't have faith like Jephthah because Jephthah's faith, his faith, faithless vow was made because he didn't actually know who God was. You know, at the beginning of the verse, it said that he went raiding with the people of Tob. He went raiding with the people of Tob and gathered around with outlaws. So that, to me tells me that Jephthah didn't really know who God was because if he congregated around outlaws and went raiding with them, that means he was probably committing crimes, maybe even murder, and just hanging out with people that didn't have the will of God or didn't have God's plan in their, in their minds and in their hearts. So, you know, he wasn't living the best life before the elders came to ask him for help. So he was definitely a criminal, and... <laughs> It seems that if you surround yourself with criminals, it's safe to assume that he was a criminal as well. You know, the Bible is very adamant about who you surround yourselves with and how that affects who you are as a human. And there's this verse right here. It says, Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. That's why it's so very important to surround yourselves with like-minded individuals. And that's what's so great about church. You guys are here with people pursuing the Lord, people um, with, the, with the same mindset as you, loving God. And when you guys are with uh, like-minded individuals and like-minded people, you guys are able to pick each other up, encourage each other, speak life to one another, and to really bring out the best of what you have with each other. So 1 Corinthians 15.33 also says, Do not be deceived, bad company ruins good morals. So yeah, who you surround yourselves with can definitely influence how you act. And you might not want to admit it, but that is definitely true. 
Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companions of fools will suffer harm. So if you want to be wise, you surround yourselves with wise people. And if you want to be a fool, you surround yourselves with fools. So yeah, point number B. He tried to use God as a tool. You know, Jephthah's lack of understanding of God is also apparent in the fact that he made the vow in the first place. It says in the story that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, meaning that God was with Jephthah and that victory was assured to him and the Israelites. But Jephthah tries to take this gift from God and instead attempts to manipulate him. Instead, he's, in a sense, he's trying to buy God off. His view of God is very much in line with how the Canaanites viewed their God. The pagan, pagans, the Canaanites, they viewed their God as sort of like a, an ATM machine. Not personal gods, but things you do for them so that in return that they do something for them. So, for example, like maybe they'll pray to or sacrifice to this God for, for rain to come. You know, this is a direct opposite of Israel God, Israel's God who is a God of grace and a personal God. And the thing is, God doesn't need vows or sacrifices for him to take action. Because Hosea 6.6 says, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. So in, in truth, God doesn't care anything about burnt offerings. I think that was meant for humans to as a way for humans to show God something. But God, he doesn't care about burnt offerings. He doesn't desire burnt offerings. And instead, he desires mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God. So pagans use their God as a tools to a means to an end. Israelites viewed their God as a loving father and savior. So it is apparent to me that Jephthah's vow was not based on a knowledge of who God is. So vows, in, in a sense, are faithless to begin with because the reason you would even uh, do a vow is to try and manipulate the outcome, right? So instead of a vow, just have faith in God, that, that God will do the best for you. And after all that's done, then if you want to offer him something, then offer him something. You know, I have a story of a vow that I made a while back. I was um, going to Biola. I had, um, you know, I messed up, done some bad things, and... Things weren't looking good for me. Um, they were telling me that I was most likely going to be suspended for the year or, or I'm going to be dismissed from school completely. And I was freaking out. My, my life at that moment was, the only thing that I had in my eyes at that moment was, was school because that's how, what I based my life around. I had just gotten to Biola and I, had made, I honestly made my parents happy because I went to Biola and the fact that I was um, less than one year there, that I was going to get suspended or kicked out, just didn't make sense to me, and that was crazy. So I made, I, I told God, I said, God, if you allow me to stay in school, Lord, I promise you, I'll change. I'll, I'll give up, um, I'll give up doing all drugs. I'll give up doing all the bad things, Lord. I'll, uh, I'll become your servant. I'll do this and that. And I try to make a vow. I try to manipulate God. But you know what? If I had my way at that time and I stayed in school, I never would have got into ministry, I never would have got into APU. I was missing the bigger picture that God had in mind for me. But at that time, I was really just trying to manipulate him and uh, trying to get the best outcome for myself, not, not the outcome that was in line with what the Lord had in mind for me. So the next point is, he tried to offer someone as a burnt offering to God. 
You know, the fact that he was going to sacrifice the first person to come out of his house screams to me that he didn't know who God was. Because human sacrifice goes hand in hand with um, the Canaanite religions of those times. The very act of human sacrifice um, is very rampant in, uh, the, in the worship of Baal and Molech, two, go- two gods that were prominent in the Canaanite religion. If Jephthah really knew God, he would know that God detests human sacrifice. And there's plenty of scriptures that illustrate this point. Leviticus 18.21 says, You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech, and so profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. Deuteronomy 18.10 says, There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortune or interprets omens or sorcerer. So God doesn't like any of that voodoo weird stuff. He doesn't like um, human sacrifice. He doesn't like foreign religions. I mean, not foreign religions, but Canaanite religions infiltrating um, the religion of God. So if he really knew God, he would have known that God doesn't like human sacrifice. And he didn't know God because he was not doing. He was not doing right in God's eyes. So the next point is instead strive to have faith like Jephthah's daughter. Know who God is. Don't have a baseless faith like Jephthah. Instead, strive to have faith like his daughter. Jephthah's daughter, to me, exhibits what true faith is and is the total opposite end of the spectrum of Jephthah. The verse where it says, My father, if you have opened your mouth to the Lord, do to me according to what has gone out of your mouth, not that the Lord has given you vengeance against your enemies, the Ammonites. You know, actually, Pastor Koba um, is a pastor at my school. He once, said to, uh, he once said to the school, he said, if you know what is going to happen to you, then that's not faith. Those are facts. And there's nothing worthy off going off facts. And this is what's so praiseworthy and noteworthy for Jephthah's daughter. She had no idea what was going to happen to her. Yet, she says, my father, if you've opened your mouth to the Lord, do to me what has gone out of your mouth. Not the Lord has given you vengeance against your enemies, the Ammonites. She had no idea what was going to happen to her, but she had absolute faith that God would take care of her, even in that dark situation. Hebrews 11.11 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. So Jephthah's daughter definitely had confidence in what she hoped that God would either spare her or bring her honor. I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. But she she had faith that God would do right by her. Strive to have selfless faith. You know, Jephthah's daughter not only has an amazing faith, she also has a selfless faith. The line, now that the Lord has given you vengeance against your enemies, the Ammonites, she realizes her people had been saved. And if her father's vow played a role, then what needs to be done needs to be done. You know, for me, there's something so honorable about that. She doesn't try to argue with her father. She doesn't try to place the blame on her father. She doesn't try to um, bargain with God. No, she just accepts her faith. And for me, I don't know if you're, it's okay to say this in church, but that's so badass for me. This is incredibly badass, right? You know, and it's, it also parallels Jesus in many ways. You know, when Jesus was uh, praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was praying, 
you know, not my will be done, but your will be done. He was talking to the father, and he was talking about if uh, that cup could be taken from him. You know, Jephthah's daughter could have, uh, Jephthah's daughter was basically saying the same thing to her father. You know, not my will be done, but your will be done. You know, you made this vow, so you carry it out, and I'm okay with that. There's, yeah, man, that's, that's so crazy. And even before, even before Jesus was alive, Jephthah's daughter was in a way a Jesus figure, a pre-Messianic figure to Jesus. Because both of their fathers, one and only, both the sacrificial, lamb, sacrificial lambs for their people. So they're both, so Jephthah's daughter, a nameless virgin daughter, she was a Christ figure before even Christ was uh, born. And her, oh yeah, Philippines 2.4 says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So that's what selfless faith is all about, looking um, not only at your own interests, but the interests of others, putting others above yourself. And her faith is honored. This verse says, Judges 11.40 says, So there arose an Israelite custom that for four days every year the daughters of the Israelite would go out to lament the daughter of Jephthah the Gileadite. You know, to even have just one day honored after you, I'd be incredibly excited, incredibly stoked. But Jephthah's daughter, she's not only a virgin, but she's nameless. But she gets four days, four days for the Israelites for the daughters of Israelites to go out and lament the daughter of Jephthah the Gileadite. You know, Jephthah, if you look at the story of Judges and after chapter 11, you see that Jephthah's reign as a judge is very short-lived and very calamitous. So after, after, I mean, yeah, after that, there's no mention of Jephthah again in the Bible, except in, um, I believe, Hebrews 11. And he's mentioned that in... Um, He's mentioned as one of the great men of faith, which is ironic because I'm trying to say that he doesn't have faith. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, Hebrews 11, he's mentioned again. But yeah, Jephthah's daughter, though, she gets four days named after her. So she's honored. She's honored by God and honored by the Israelites. So Jephthah's daughter's faith is honored by God and by Israel. Jephthah's reign as a judge is filled with trouble and is short-lived. You know, though she dies a horrible death, her faith is remembered and honored through four days of lament. Jephthah's daughter gets four days dedicated to her, which is incredible. So these two characters were put into a contrast to one another. One man who is a warrior with the spirit of God, who's a judge, yet he doesn't really know who God is. The other, a virgin daughter, a female, marginalized in society, doesn't have much rights, you know, probably looked at as a property. She had, she had the faith. She had the absolute faith in God. She knew what faith in God was about. Not Jephthah, not the elders of Israel, but a nameless daughter of a nameless virgin daughter who doesn't even have a name in the Bible. Yet her faith is commended in the scriptures. So I want to conclude by saying, know who God is. Surround yourselves with like-minded individuals, and then your faith will grow. Don't be like Jephthah, who didn't know who God really was. Strive to know who God is so that your faith isn't a baseless one. Instead, strive to become like his daughter, who I believe is faith personified, a faith that is a selfless faith, putting others above herself. And I have a video clip that what I believe illustrates what selfless faith is about. And um, 
he will say he will say something like the force is with me and I am one with the force but don't think of it that way think of it as I am with God and God is with me I'm one with the force the force is with me I'm one with the force the force is with me I'm the force is with me I'm one with the force the force is with me I'm one with the force the force is with me I'm one with the force and the force is with me I'm one with the force and the force is with me. I'm one with the force. I'm one the force. I am one with God, and God is with me. Let's pray. All right, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for just giving us this beautiful Sunday to, uh, to come and praise your name, Lord. Thank you for um, letting me speak your words to the congregation, Lord. I pray that uh, we have faith like Jephthah's daughter and not a baseless faith like Jephthah, Lord. pray that uh, we adhere the, the, the theme of Judges where it says that the Israelites had no king in those days and they're right in their own eyes. Lord, I pray that we don't do right in our own eyes, but right in your eyes, Lord. Pray that we follow your, your rules and your commandments and we uh, look to your heart, Lord. We love you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.